Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we're ranking the Final Fantasy VII characters before that remake comes out. If that remake comes out. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going so good. Uh, a, a, a piece of uh, order, a piece of business that I would like to mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. attend to before we get into uh, everything else. I saw Foddle this weekend. Oh, uh-huh. uh, our original guest um, on our Luigi's Mansion episode. Um, Way back in maybe like the first five episodes of the show. Yeah, um, it was very early. I believe it was episode four. Yeah, go back for the delight that is Foddle, but skip past anything that you or I are saying. Oh, 100%. The episode is titled WWLD, which of course stands for What Would Luigi Do? This is before we realized that we should name episodes things that make sense and not WWLD. Um, But so I saw Foddle this weekend and we were talking about uh, Nintendo stuff. And he um, was asking about, uh, like, Switch revisions. Um, and then, like, stopped me at one point as I was talking. He was like, and he said, like, I'm sorry if you're repeating anything that you've said uh, on, on the show. And I just haven't listened to it yet. Um, and I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's okay, Fadal. Don't, don't worry about it. We put out two episodes a week. It's too much. We put out too, too much. Too, too, there's too much here. Um, and uh, so then uh, later during the weekend... Uh, you from our uh, Nintendo Cartridge Society Twitter account tweeted, uh, in case you missed it, here's our review of uh, Yoshi's Crafted World, uh, to which Fadal responded, this feels personal. Because <laughs> he assumed that I, after talking to him, <laughs> after talking to him on Saturday night, and he admitted to having not listened to something, was passively, aggressively subtweeting Foddle when in reality it was you and you weren't even thinking of Foddle. No. But now I am, so that was fun. Yeah. I just I wanted to I just wanted everyone to be in on this joke that it like just I was enjoying. I was the <laughs> only one who had all the pieces of it, but now we all have it and we can all be together on it. And that's what makes this makes the show so great. Yeah. Here's we, another thing we can all be together on. Yeah. Sonic Forces. Would you like to borrow my copy of it? You can. All you got to do is email us your address to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. I send it to you. You play it. You don't play it. You send it back. That's the end of it. I think when we talked about this on Tuesday, we got so caught up in whether hedgehogs have scalps that I don't think we actually explained the program. I think we just like, is that asked right? people <laughs> to send us their mailing address. But I could be wrong. Yeah. Send us pictures of your scalp. <laughs> To Nintendo Cartridge Society. At at don't, do that, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Here's what you should be sending. Mark. Listener questions. Listener questions. That's right. On May 9th, we're going to be celebrating our 250-ish episode. That's right. Uh, and we're going to be doing that by answering your questions. Nintendo-related, not Nintendo-related. If you have questions about this show, how does it come about? Mm-hmm. Um, I, maybe not an interesting thing, but if someone asks, we will answer the yeah, question. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything, uh, get those questions to us if you can the Monday before that, or the Sunday before that, because we will likely record on that Monday. Um, but also, you can send in those emails like right now. Yeah, why wait? Why, yeah, there's no, there's no reason to wait. But get them in before May 5th. Cinco de Mayo, first day of Ramadan, and of course the deadline for asking us questions. And you can send those to Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. All right, Mark, uh, we've got some work to do here, so let's get into the matter at hand. Let's rank the characters from Final Fantasy VII. First, possibly a, a question for. For us, mm-hmm. for me, for you. Yes. Um, why are we doing this? Well, Final Fantasy VII is finally on the Nintendo Switch. That's right. So we can talk about it on this show in a non-433 capacity. That's right. Uh, but also because Final Fantasy VII 
is one of those like watershed gaming moments. Yeah, and uh, was a big deal for me personally that it it is the reason I bought uh, first a Nintendo sixty four when I thought it was coming to Nintendo sixty four, and then a PlayStation when I found out no, I am mistaken, <laughs> it's only coming to uh, PlayStation. Um, so you know, it, it, I was already a big fan of the Final Fantasy franchise, uh, and just the uh, I like. Do you remember the very early TV ads? For Final Fantasy VII, it just the whole thing looked so cool, um, and you know the like sense of style in the game. I think remains one of its strong points. Um, like just its design, you know, graphically it hasn't aged super well, and uh, just in terms of like gameplay, like I think it's a tough game to get through. Like just in that it takes a long time and a lot of grinding, uh, and all of that. Um, but it always kind of it always looks cool. And I didn't uh, come to Final Fantasy VII. I was obviously aware of it, and I had a lot of friends who played it and uh, talked about it a lot. But I didn't play it myself until years later, like um, I think like two thousand nine. Yeah, because I had borrowed a friend's PS two, basically the PS one and the PS two. I never owned them sure um the playstation 3 was the first playstation product that i picked up and uh so i borrowed my friend's ps2 and basically played through like the backlog of games that i had missed and so i played man i forgot about that the playstation 2 is perfectly backwards compatible with playstation 1 uh and so i played 9 8 10 and then 7. Oh, so I played a ton of Final Fantasy yeah. in like a short amount of time and then so in 7 was like the last one that I ended up playing. Yeah. Well, that that's wild. Um, you know, I uh played them as they were released 7, 8, 9 and 10. Um and I played 6 like when it came out like as it came out uh in the states. Um and I had played 4 before that. Um so, like, I was also on a several years run of just, like, Final Fantasy. Like, if if you had asked what my favorite video game franchise was at that time, I probably would have said Final Fantasy. Um, and this is, you know, I guess as, like, Mario is, like, kind of sunsetting for a little bit or becoming, like, less relevant with, like, the lone exception of uh, Mario 64. Um, so, like, yeah, you know, the, these games hold, uh, I think, a, a, a special place in, in both of our hearts. Um, and it's kind of, kind of weird that we don't love Final Fantasy uh, that same way anymore, right? Yeah, it really is. Because I'm the same way that for a long time, especially like when I was playing all these Final Fantasy games back to back, yeah, I 100% would have said that Final Fantasy was my favorite series. I was so excited for 13. Because, yeah. you know, I had a PS3. It was going to be the first time in a long time that I like got a Final Fantasy game when it was initially released and um that's not a very good game right (laughs) um yeah and i mean it just i think it it's one of those things that like blows my mind that uh final fantasy 15 when it came out i wasn't interested in picking it up it's just that the final fantasy games now are not what i loved about final fantasy sure that's they can be their own cool fun thing but it they're not uh this they're yeah. not Final Fantasy VII. They're not Final Fantasy IX. Right, 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 right. And even when, uh, you know, I made a joke in the uh, opening about the Final Fantasy VII remake, when that does come out, I don't expect it to be recognizably like the game that we played yeah. in 1996 or whatever. Which is fine. Yeah. You know, like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It could be a great thing on its own terms. But um, I, I, I still feel like this sort of gameplay is timeless. You know, like, mm-hmm. I think uh, the Dragon Quest games prove that you can still make a turn-based game yep. and have it still be relevant and interesting and fun. And so I'm a little sad to see, uh, like, backs get turned so much yeah. on what yeah, classic totally. Final Fantasy is. But that's we're not here to cry about modern Final Fantasy. Uh, boy, that would make for a an interesting episode title, right? <laughs> Patrick and Mark cry about uh, modern Final Fantasy. No, we are here to rank the characters. That's right. It's been a while since we've had a ranking episode, so my blood is pumping. Yeah. I, so let's uh let, let let's get to who we're talking about. Yeah, here. lay of the land. We are talking about the nine playable characters uh from Final Fantasy VII. Let's talk about them in the order they are introduced. 
as always, we are using amiibo to represent them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are counting like the uh, uh, the two hidden characters. characters. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, number one here, of course, we've got Cloud Strife here represented by the Cloud amiibo. This one was a gimme. I didn't have to think very hard. Uh, it's got to be Cloud. Cloud's got to be Cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, next character we meet in Final Fantasy VII is Barrett. Uh, here, of course, um, represented by Mega Man, a man with a gun on his hand and a man with a gun on his hand. I feel like that's pretty perfect, right? Um, next is uh, Tifa. Now, which of my amiibo can represent Tifa? I'm going with the little Matt. <laughs> I love it. Because he's a boxer, she's a boxer. Uh-huh. She's got those boxing gloves on. Uh, it's uh, it's perfect. I uh, the point cannot be argued. Next, Eris, uh, 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 the flower Eris or Aerith, depending on uh, what translation you like. Um, we are using the uh, Wind Waker Zelda amiibo, which I really feel like captures the essence. Yeah, she's wearing a pink dress and is like kind of I don't know. She's got like her hands out. Like yeah, like wind like tossed a, a little bit, yeah. like one with the earth. Um, and then uh, who would be next? Would be Red Thirteen. Um, he's a dog, kinda. Uh, so we are using the uh, duck hunt dog amiibo. Um, next that we meet, we'll do the uh, optional characters last. Um, next we've got the Poochie, uh, the yarn Poochie amiibo representing um, Ketchi uh, or Kate Sith, which is how I pronounce this character's name. Mm-hmm. Mark, where do you stand on that before we move any further? So I've I always 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 said Kate Sith. Yeah. Because uh Sith I knew from Star Wars. Right. And it's one of those like fantasy names where I had never heard the correct pronunciation. Yeah. And so it's always just been in my head. Kate right. Sith. I mean just for the record it is spelled K I T C A I T C A I T space S I T H Kate Sith. But it's like Scottish or something. <laughs> Ket she anyway. Um, so we'll go back and forth. I'm sure and yeah. use both. Uh, and so yes, yarn yarn poochie uh, representing Kate Sith. Um, and then Sith is being re- or Sid, the airship pilot, Sid Highwind mm-hmm. is being represented by. And now I can't remember this owl's name. Yeah, the owl from uh, from Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. Oh boy. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Mark, you uh, can walk us through some of the others. Okay, sure. So, uh, for optional characters, we have Vincent, which I actually don't think you uh, meet first. Uh, you can meet them in any order. Oh, so. Okay. Well, here's another question for you. Yeah. Yuffie. Yeah. Yuffie. I always said Yuffie. Yeah, I always said Yuffie as well. But that's uh, another one that I don't actually know how it's supposed to be said. Blathers the owl. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I, I would believe it. <laughs> I think I think it's I think it's Blathers. I think we're using Blathers uh, to represent Sid. Yes, to represent Sid. Highland. Okay. Um. So yeah. Uh. For Vincent, we are using a Bayonetta amiibo mm-hmm. because they're both like real moody. And, oh sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh. And have guns and stuff. Uh-huh. Um and then for the Yuffie, um we are using the Octoling girl uh, uh amiibo kind of for no real reason um other than like she's got a vaguely human form. <laughs> I don't know, they get they get hard after a while. <laughs> um so th- those those are the nine characters that we're dealing with. Those are all nine playable characters. Uh, and so Mark, how, how would you like to begin? You mentioned that you have uh, a character that you would like to see at the bottom of this list. Yeah. And not necessarily cause, okay. Um, Yuffie, uh, is not necessarily the bottom for me, but I think it's okay that we didn't spend much time finding the perfect amiibo for her mm. because she's definitely at the bottom of my list. So, uh, Yuffie is not at the bottom of my list. Okay. Um, for the sole reason that her ultimate weapon. Uh, so all all of all of these characters have a different like unique weapon that is their best weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, and for all of them, they all behave on like different weird rules, right? Um, so Yuffie's ultimate weapon deals damage directly proportional to the target's level. So if you're fighting. Uh, a high-level character, she deals high damage. If you're fighting a low-level character, she deals low damage. Um, and uh, you know, Final Fantasy VII is a game that I uh, 
uh, I was telling you this before we started recording, but like I had three playthroughs like right when the game came out. One that was just sort of vanilla. I played, you know, whatever happened, happened. One where I tried to do it fast and another one where I 100% the game. And 100%ing Final Fantasy VII means fighting the extra bosses like the Emerald Weapon and the Ruby Weapon. Uh, and these are, these things both have, an absurd number of hit points and uh you know the uh emerald weapon can deal um 10,000 damage to all of your characters in one move um and the ruby weapon has an absurd like armor to it yuffie was the only character that i could get to deal the full 9999 oh interesting with her ultimate weapon because it deals damage based on your opponent's level so i I'm glad that we are both doing this together because I think that's a very good like technical reason to have her higher. I feel like from like a story perspective and from like a characterization perspective, totally, she's one of the more shallow in the entire game. So she is. I wonder if she is like ultimately more shallow than Cloud. No, no, no. I mean, not necessarily. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm not even saying Cloud is that high. Right. 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 Okay. All right. Uh, um. But so yeah. I mean, I I think that's a fair point. I. The one I was going to say that I kind of want to see at the bottom is Barrett. Okay. Tell me why. Because uh, as a character, as an idea, uh, fine, whatever. In practice, has not aged well. Like, the dialogue is really... Is real rough. Is real bad. So... And there are obviously a couple things going it's on. Super there. It's, it's, it's super racist. It's super racist. Like, um, it's a, 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 a Japanese depiction of an African American man, uh, you know, written in the '90s and then translated by one guy. Like the the character of Barrett is written to be like a like a street tough, like a criminal. Um, but and it's and it's written in this like weird like jive or what somebody like thinks jive is because they saw airplane once yeah yeah i don't know and th- this is kind of a problem in final fantasy in general yeah uh-huh. um whenever there's like a black character yeah and i mean it's it's also a little bit of a problem with uh, a lot of the female characters too is that they are either written or uh animated uh by people who weren't thinking about you know that representation matters in these yeah, things yeah um but so I I will agree that like Barrett's a bummer, um, and I, you know j- just like you I I I think that conceptually the the character is cool I like that he um you know has this daughter um that uh you know is not actually his daughter but is you know a, a little girl that um it's like his buddy who died right um who maybe even like turned on him and that's why he has the gun hand um like that that's that's an interesting story but I do feel like Barrett's story um taps out pretty early uh in in the overall game and then in in addition to that i don't think uh as a uh like functional member of your party that he's that good um like early on it's nice to have a character that can deal some good damage from the back row because he's uh, got a gun on his hand (laughs) um but uh you know by by the end of the game his limit breaks aren't super effective and uh i forget what the condition is on his ultimate weapon but it wasn't something that i was able to you know spam uh to to my advantage uh in the end game so um i'll i'll, I'll agree that uh we can put barrett if not at the back near the back yeah at least for now we'll see where like the other characters shake out um so uh in a similar vein I kind of want to put Vincent near the back, too. Interesting. Tell me why. Explain this to me. Okay. Uh, primarily because his limit breaks make him useless. Uh, he, his limit breaks... The way... Uh, do we need to explain what, how limit breaks? And, like, yeah, how I work? think that's fair. Um, so limit breaks, uh, as your characters take damage, uh, a little meter like kind of builds slowly, and it carries over from fight to fight. Um, and when they hit a, a level, then they can do a move called a limit break. And everyone has a different set of limit breaks. Um, everyone has seven of them, I believe, um, except for one of these. Oh, except for Vincent, who only has four. Um, and so there's like two per level and then uh, for three levels and then level four, there's just one. And the limit breaks usually deal a big amount of damage or it's some kind of big attack. Vincent's are transformative. So he turns, he's like a werewolf or something. Um, and uh, each one of these levels turns him into a different monster. And when he turns into the monster, especially like later in the in the game, he's dealing less damage than he normally would, and you can't control him. Um, and like, 
I don't know. I I like the materia system in this game enough that like I've got the guys outfitted the way I want them, the way I want to use them in a fight. And as soon as he be, as soon as that limit break pops up, and I can't just like let him attack anymore, um, then I feel like the character's gone. Okay, so I feel like this is a reverse Yuffie. Yeah, because uh, as far as usefulness in your party, I don't dispute anything that you said. Yeah. But Vincent is so cool. Vince, uh, Vince, it's, tell me why Vincent is so cool. Okay, he's basically like the Final Fantasy. I was gonna say Final Fantasy Seven, but just Final Fantasy version of uh monster, like he of like universal classic ah, universal yes. monsters. Mm-hmm. He sleeps in a coffin, totally <laughs> at the bottom of a ki- mansion. Yep, you know he turns into all these different monsters. Yep. Uh, he wears a scarf. Around he wears his face. a scarf around his face, like he's Greninja or something. Like isn't that the Greninja's tongue? <laughs> functionally a scarf. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um it can be two things. I I Vincent was very high on my personal list. Again, yeah. not necessarily number one, but there's I would have a hard time accepting him way back at the end because as a character, just so cool. He like, is he is the idea is very so cool, cool, even if like the execution doesn't necessarily make for the most fun to play. Um, here's another thing. Uh, he uses guns, which I'm is not a great thing. Not a great thing. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. I was trying to get a read on that. Uh, I feel like I know you well enough to know that. There you go. Not, yeah. You got it. Uh huh. Um. Okay. Well, then let let's put Vincent off to the side. I guess. Uh, hmm. I think this 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 might be harder. This than might we, be than surprisingly hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we we may be a little bit more divided on this, especially because we're we seem to be approaching these from different criteria. Yes. I mean, I am also swayed by the coolness of, of characters. Sure, yeah. Um, which is, uh, you know, part of the reason why I haven't tossed Tifa down mm-hmm. at, at the bottom. Um, I like Tifa as a character. I think she, um, uh, you know, has to, I guess, spoiler for uh, Final Fantasy VII, um, Eris dies halfway through this game. Um, and Cloud has been, like, pining after her the, the whole time he's developed, like, a romantic relationship with her. And then after she dies, like, Tifa kind of has to figure out how she fits into that equation. And I just, like, as far as, uh, you know, stuff that characters have to do in this game, I feel like Tifa has some of the most, right? Yeah. She has to develop her identity within um, Avalanche, the, the group that all the characters are a part of. As you know, they're they're basically terrorists blowing up. They're like eco terrorists. Yeah, yeah, they're like eco terrorists. Um, and so she has to like find her role there. She has to like reestablish her relationship with Cloud, uh, and then like kind of lose it and then re reestablish it again. Um, I don't know. I, I I think she's very interesting. And then she also like kind of starts up the like a little bit of a maternal relationship with uh Marlene, um Barrett's sort of um de facto daughter. Yeah, I mean, uh, I a hundred percent agree with everything you were saying. Uh, partly because some of that was just plot synopsis. Yep. So hard to disagree hard to with. Disagree. <laughs> but I dare you. <laughs> I think we're on the same page when I say that Tifa would be above Eris in our final rankings. Uh, I mean, maybe. Here, here's the thing. Tifa, when you get her into a battle, is not super useful. Again, her limit breaks are a bummer. Do you remember her limit break? It's a slot machine style thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time that she learns a, a new thing, it adds another like roller onto um, the, the limit break. Um, and each hit can only deal so much damage. Uh, and sometimes she's just going to miss them. Okay, okay. Because but, you can spin a miss. Okay, but like Eris, dead after the, end of the, after the first disc. So that's true. Not the most helpful either. Well, because she's dead. <laughs> yes. But you can level up Eris. You can get her level four limit break before she dies. Mm-hmm. You got to really work at it, but you can do it. Um, and it's great. It full heals everyone. It full magics everyone and makes everyone invincible. Yeah, for but a you could also basically never play her except I think there's like a part where you're forced to. Yeah, like um, when she and Cloud like first first kind of meet. Yeah, and you could get through it totally fine. I like if you didn't, we're not wh- going to be able to do this, right? <laughs> I don't. I don't think. Um, and so yeah, I like I. Uh, she is an important character. Yes, partly because 
her death is one of the all-time great moments in um in video, video games. games. Yeah. And if maybe not great, but at least like well known. Well, so here's a question. Is that a great Eris moment or is it a great Sephiroth moment? No, it's definitely not a great Eris moment. That's what I'm saying. I don't I think Eris is not the most memorable character. Uh-oh. Uh, a new amiibo is hovering over to the table. This is my Ganondorf amiibo. He's going to represent Sephiroth. Okay. And he is now... We have to in- incorporate Sephiroth. We're in- complicating this, this even further. Yes. I thought this was going to be a short episode. No, we're going to go <laughs> until midnight. <laughs> uh, okay. okay. Se- Sephiroth is now in-, in the lineup. The ultimate villain. Uh-huh. Um, let's talk pros and cons for Sephiroth. So you do actually get to control him a little bit in Cloud's flashback, which so- is actually Zack's flashback. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not breaking our rule. They're all playable characters. They are all playable characters. Right. Um, and when you get to play as Sephiroth, it's super cool because you've got like baby Cloud in your party. He's level one and he deals no damage and has no hit points. And Sephiroth is just effortlessly slicing through fools. It is great. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously the actual functionality of the character is hyper limited. You never get to play with his ultimate weapons or limit breaks or Mm -hmm. anything like that. Um, but this is definitely one where I am, uh, moved by the coolness of the character. Um, that long sword, um, that just like trails feet behind him, the way he'll just like walk into fire. Uh Um, I like Sephiroth. Yeah. I think he's very cool. Putting him in our rankings totally changes the top. Because I, I think he could potentially be number one. I think that is totally possible, yeah. All right. So that's just... I, I'm putting him near the top right yeah, now. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, And so we we have no real consensus <laughs> on where I to mean, put Tifa I, or Aeris. I, I, think we have to, I think we have to decide that. Because I think that will at least give us some sort of anchor in which we can put the other characters around right because we can say are they cooler than tifa are they cooler than eris you know like sure we have to have some sort of starting point right because right now right now we don't have a starting point no i mean other than maybe barrett last (laughs) maybe we can't have we we don't know yeah (laughs) um uh so what what are you proposing am i i'm proposing that no matter where in the final rankings they go uh, we need to determine who is better. Yes, Eris or Tifa. Uh huh. And then those can kind of be the uh, goalposts by which we measure every other character. Uh boy. Because they are two of the more like sympathetic characters in the entire story. Yeah. Um. I mean, I I would put them in in, in that regard on sort of the same plane as Red Thirteen. Um. Even though his story is uh very much separate from like everyone else's mm-hmm. um but it, it is a good story and the thing i like about red 13 um and i was doing he's a, little, a dog by the way he's he, a red dog exactly and what, what are the, and i i love that i love that he's uh just like a animal party member four-legged yeah. party member totally different from any other party members um it's actually the reason why he exists is because uh nomura nomura how do you say uh the, yeah man. yeah um uh he this wanted the, the director of the game or uh, the a designer designer on the yeah, game sorry um uh now like a director on a bunch of projects including like kingdom hearts 3 and right the remake a legendary final fantasy square creator yeah um but he wanted like a four-legged party member and i think it totally works yeah it it, it definitely does and like his whole story and like going to Cosmo Canyon and like the fact that he has to like carry on a legacy of like a whole, you know, race of uh, warrior dog people, whatever, mm-hmm. um, all by himself. It's all very cool. Uh, and let us not discount the coolness of the Cosmo Canyon music. Do you remember the music in Cosmo Canyon? No, I, not really. I'm, I'm going to look it up. Um, but I, I, can we let the music of Cosmo Canyon sway our decision on red 13 i think we have to uh i mean i mean listen to it oh no this is an ad <laughs> uh it's an ad for GoDaddy. <laughs> all right here it is 
Yeah. <laughs> It's very patient with its layering. So we'll get to like the really cool part in a second. I mean, maybe it's not fair because all of the music in this game mm -hmm. is awesome. Uh, but that's good music. <laughs> That is objectively good music. Okay, here's I'm proposing this order, please. Tifa, mm -hmm. Eris, Red Thirteen. Tifa, Eris, Red Thirteen, mm -hmm. as like somewhere in the middle of our pack, probably, or pro probably towards like the towards the top, towards the top, mm -hmm. right? So only like the exceptionally cool or good characters go in in front of them, like Sephiroth. Yeah. All right, Tifa. Oh man. I like Eris so much. But okay, T Tifa, Eris, Red 13. We are putting them in that order. Uh -huh. Um, and, uh, and then we will decide where the other characters go in relationship to those three. Yeah, and I think we... Better, worse, or somewhere in between them. Yes, and I think Sephiroth, we are in agreement. We better would put better in than front these three that. characters. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Barrett, I think fair to say is not the, as good right not not as good uh, -huh. uh two characters we have not yet really spoken about um Ketchi, Ketsith, and sid highwind mm -hmm. um tell me how you feel about Ketsith. um the design bugs me the design I've never liked that it's like writing that robotic moogle type thing right so the design of this character is a giant stuffed moogle robot mm -hmm. being ridden by a small black cat who wears a crown mm -hmm. all of which is being piloted by a guy who works for shinra yeah i was trying to remember he's originally spying on you and then he isn't reeve yeah okay great yeah is, so is he is he one of the turks um, um, I don't know. Okay. Well, but he's a bad guy spying on you and mm -hmm. then, and then, uh, it isn't. Yeah. Cause he's trying to infiltrate Avalanche. Right. And like sabotage it. So he's trying to sabotage the saboteurs. That's right. And then he has a, a change of counter heart. sabotage. <laughs> so yeah, like, uh, I, I don't even think that, uh, um, how are we saying it? I, either way, either Kate Sith or Ketchy. Ketchy. Um, is like it's just an avatar, yeah, for Reeve, right? And I mean, what do we really know about the character of Reeve? Like, not much. I couldn't tell you anything. Yeah, unless it's Christopher Reeve, and even then, I could tell you very little. He he played Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Was paralyzed for the latter decade of his life. Was in a made-for-TV remake of Rear Window. Okay, so we could tell All you. Right, like, okay, so uh, we, we know we, we know, know a lot about Christopher Reeve, <laughs> uh, but we don't know anything about this Reeve. No. So this is actually my vote for bottom of the list. Okay. Um, below even Barrett, uh, because in some ways I feel like uh the creators did Barrett bad, like it's which is this is a ridiculous thing to say but it's not the character's fault <laughs> that that they wrote him that way yeah he's like Jessica Rabbit yeah that's right <laughs> although she should not be playing patty cake <laughs> with the head of the studio <laughs> look i know she's being blackmailed in to do that but it's look it, you know come on you're responsible for some of your actions but i don't care about Kate Sith at all i want yeah to, I no want i agree i'm i'm totally fine with putting Kate Sith uh at the bottom of the list all right. After Barrett, for sure. Uh, all right. Uh, that leaves one character that we have not talked about at all. Two characters, I guess. We haven't really talked about Cloud. Oh, um, uh-huh. Which, not a great sign with the protagonist of your game. We're just kind of like... Well, huh. here, here's the thing. Let's, let's try. Let's try to talk about Cloud. Because every time I think about Final Fantasy VII, I don't remember what his deal <laughs> is. <laughs> so, Cloud... Grew up with Tifa. Uh-huh. Childhood best friends. Yes. Uh, then he goes away to become a member of Soldier, which is an elite fighting force for Shinra, the bad guys. Mm -hmm. um, there he meets up with a 
someone who does get into Soldier is a member of Soldier named Zack, right? Mm-hmm. So Zack and Cloud, who's just like a regular um, little... Uh, he is a Soldier, but not a member of Soldier. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, they go on some adventures together, including one with Sephiroth, uh, where Sephiroth burns down uh, Cloud and Tifa's hometown. Then, years later, Cloud believes Zack's memories to be his own? That sounds right. And then he strikes up relationships again with Tifa, mm-hmm. who knows Cloud as Cloud, and imagines that he became a soldier, became uh, a member of Soldier. <laughs> um, and then also strikes up a relationship with Eris, who was dating Zack before he disappeared. Zack died saving Cloud's life. Right. And then Cloud has some, like, psychotic break where he doesn't remember if he is who he says he is or if he actually is Zack. Or, or if or he's Sephiroth. just, like, or if he just, like, heard Zack tell the story and, and he's, he's just, like, like internalized take, the story. Yeah, as, like, his own. Yeah, it's like a Steve Ranazizi, I was uh, downtown during 9-11. Yes. Yeah, it's exactly, exactly what, what it's like. like. Until he gets called out on Mark Marin, and then that's <laughs> that's when he has his psychotic. That's why you never break. hear about Cloud anymore. It's true. Um, that's why he can't get work anymore. Um, so that that's Cloud, right? And then like he rallies together at the end to just like, you know, he saves the planet, but like, what's he motivated by at the end? I I find Cloud a little bit hard to once he pieces his identity back together. I don't really know what he's fighting for. Yeah, but also I just feel like. Um, kind of nondescript, not incredibly interesting protagonist was it's like uh, Zidane or Zidane yeah. in Final Fantasy IX, where it's really like the periphery characters in Final Fantasy IX that you feel anything about. Yeah, and um, they I don't know if it's by design that the main characters are kind of just like blank avatars. See that you can um, project. Yeah, whatever you want. Cell phone? I mean, that's not even really what Cloud's deal is. No, because Cloud's deal is so specific. Yeah. And he's got such a weird negative attitude, too. And that's why it's kind of hard to, like, like him. Yeah. Well, and I mean, especially, you know, as I was walking through my Final Fantasy history, I had played 4 and 6 before getting to 7. And, uh, you know, 4 has a great main character in the form of uh, Cecil the... um, you know, Black Knight, who becomes a paladin, and, like, his whole journey is awesome. Um, and then Final Fantasy VI sort of refuses to have a, a single main character, and all of the characters that, like, can, you could put forth, like, as the main character, like Locke or Celeste, um, are great. Um, they grow and change so much and have such specific personalities uh, that Cloud can feel like a little bit of a letdown. Counterpoint, mechanically, Cloud's awesome. Cloud's got the best uh, level four limit break, Omni Slash, where he hits like 18 times for huge amounts of damage. Um, and his ultimate weapon is like a giant sword that like just rips stuff up. Yeah, Cloud is objectively cool looking. Yeah, that too. Um, in a way that other like Final Fantasy protagonists sense are definitely not. Um, and he's got that big sword. He's got the big sword, which is ridiculous, but it's just on the right side. Of ridiculous, yeah, and like, yeah, his outfit has a lot of you know like '90s anime to it, but it's a like at this at this point, yes, it's a fun amount of '90s anime attitude and sure. not like an overabundance. Sure. So we're we're talking specifically here about like his design in the game and not like Advent Children. You've or... heard of protagonists that get busy. Well, this is a protagonist that gets busy <laughs> regularly and thoroughly. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I mean, I, I, I think back to, uh, you know, seeing the cover of Final Fantasy VII for the first time, which is just, like, you see a building in the background. You can't even really tell, is it a building? Is it a robot? Like, I remember being confused by it. But then you see the back of Cloud with this sword that's just comically large. And, it, like, it's an, it is such a solid, like, rallying cry of, like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why Cloud as a character, especially in, like, cosplay, oh, yeah. has continued on spiky yellow hair man like no no one can say no to that like super saiyan look Mm -hmm. right like 
it's just cool. Oh, yeah, he totally just looks like a Dragon Ball Z character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, 100%. <laughs> um, okay, so Cloud, cool. I don't know that we have... I don't know that we can slot him in just yet. So, uh, I know I bagged on him in a lot, but tentatively, mm. I would say after Aerith, Eris, mm-hmm. and before... Before Red 13? Red 13. I think that's a fair judgment. So the one we haven't really talked very much about, other than mentioning him by name and figuring out what the name of the owl was, Hootie, something like that. Blathers. Is Darius Rucker. <laughs> is Sid. Sid Highwind. This is the guy who flies the airship um, and aspires to go into space. Um, so I love Sid. Um, I think he may be my number one. Um, he is an unrepentant jerk. Uh, he is. He's a really big jerk. He's a really big jerk. Um, but Shira, Shira, the, yeah, yeah. He's is his like assistant. Yeah, and he's a huge jerk to Shira. He's a huge jerk to Shira. Um, but his character is just so clear to me. Is the thing like where a lot of these characters can feel like underwritten or sort of like undermotivated? Um, Sid has this like. Uh, do whatever it takes attitude to like get into space. Like he is a man who is like obsessed with it, and you see it. You see the results of his obsession when you approach the town that he lives in, which I believe is just called Rocket Town, <laughs> because there is the evidence of a failed rocket launch uh, that looms large over the entire city all the time. Um, and like you know, he almost dies during the uh, initial space launch, cancels it because Shira is down like in the engines. Um, and so that's part of his resentment for her. Yeah, he's real mad about that. He's real mad about it. Um, and then, like, you get to a point in the game where you actually do get to send Sid into space, and that's one of the, uh, I, the, for me, that's one of the more, like, exciting or, like, fulfilling parts of any video game, is, like, here's someone who had a lifelong dream that was squashed, destroyed, and then, like, you get to help them realize it. And it's like a non-violent dream that, you know, it's not like a revenge fantasy and it's not saving a princess. He gets to go into space. And just like his uh, career, like airship pilot, that's cool. just cool. That's just cool. Look, one of his limit breaks, he lights a stick of dynamite with a cigarette and then throws it. <laughs> that's cool, too. I, I like sh- I like Sid a lot as well. Um, I don't like how mean he is. To Shira. Yeah, uh, but, that, that can be a little bit of a bummer. But I would put him above Red 13. I'm trying to decide if I would put him above Cloud. Probably. I think I even like him better than Eris. Oh, wow. In this lineup. What, what do you think? Do you think it's just like the swagger, like the attitude? I mean, the attitude is a lot, right? Like, um, you, there's not... There are limits to how much personality you can convey in, like, the battle sprites, right? Um, like, I think you see it sometimes in, like, uh, Eris, the way that she'll, like, uh, it looks like there's a, a little, like, nod of, like, prayer or solemnity or something when mm-hmm. she does something well. But, like, uh, Sid's swagger and his, like, he doesn't care, uh, you know, attitude, um, I feel like it comes across in every in every animation of his. I, I, I just feel like the, the character um, is just so clearly articulated yeah i i don't think i have a problem with that all right where is he (laughs) blathers the owl uh being sid highwind is gonna go in uh third place so far here which leaves us with our two optional characters Mm -hmm. uh yuffie and vincent so do you think it's fair to say that both of them would go at least before um kate sith Yes. Yes. I mean, honestly, if I'm if I'm talking about like who I'm gonna take in my party, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely above Kate Sith. Okay. So then we just need to figure out their where they fit in relation to Barrett. Okay. Um, for me, Vincent is definitely above Barrett, and I feel that Yuffie is also definitely above Barrett. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay. Uh, so now, 
Red Thirteen is is their next roadblock as as they move up the uh, move up up the ladder here. I don't think either of them are better than Red Thirteen. I I like Vincent more than Red Thirteen because I think his whole like uh monster thing is really cool. I love that he sleeps in a coffin. Yeah, I can't keep saying that. No, y- you can. <laughs> I mean, I'll keep saying that. I hate that he transforms and then I can't use him functionally as a as a as a character. Um, uh, but I will say in Red Thirteen's um. Like a point in Red Thirteen's favor is that like Vincent doesn't really have much of a story, right? His his story is like a a little bit on like the periphery and is never one that I like totally wrap my head around. Um, there's that like weird cave that you go to where he like maybe opens another coffin. I don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> <laughs> but I just feel like Red Thirteen. Um, well, I guess if nothing else, has a more memorable arc. I mean, point well taken. <laughs> All right, so Red 13 stays where he is. Uh, right now, we've got um, Vincent ahead of Yuffie. Uh, I obviously would uh, flip them, but I am I'm, I can respect that he's a very cool character. Um, she is just a, uh, a underrated uh, utility player in this game. And, I mean, we, we talked about Sid having a cool... Um, occupation yeah she's a ninja thief yeah that's pretty like, cool that's pretty cool the, i guess like the the thing with yuffie is that uh and i guess it's played for laughs maybe i can't remember if it's intentional or not but she's all she wants is um materia yeah yeah that's right like that's all that's like her thing yeah well because she steals all of your materia when you first meet her she, right and you have to play without it for a little while and mm-hmm. it's a pain in the butt um, and I something I totally forgot about until you mentioned it. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I like that area of the game, too. Um, you know, I, I, I like it when the Final Fantasy games can just, like, sort of embrace Japanese culture. Because, like, yeah, this is something you guys know really well. Stop trying to write Barrett <laughs> and do this instead. Um, yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I, I'm... Uh, I'm not heartbroken if we put Yuffie ahead of Vincent. All right, let's do that. Um, all right, so should we review what we have on the table right now and see if we need to make any alterations to it? Yeah. From the bottom up uh, goes uh, Kate Sith, Barrett, Vincent, Yuffie, Red 13, Cloud, Eris, Sid Highwind, only one with the last name <laughs> I just said, uh, Tifa at number two, and then uh, Sephiroth at number one. Seem weird to you that Tifa's at number two? No. All right. I don't. Uh, I don't know who I would put any higher. Is the thing. It is weird that she's at number two. Yeah. Because if you were like, who's the second best Final Fantasy VII character? Before we came into this, I would not have said Tifa. Yeah. No. Me neither. But uh, there's not really anybody behind her that I could argue um should should be number two yeah i mean i don't know i feel like a real argument could be made for eris being number one (laughs) (laughs) i know she dies early but i feel like she leaves such a big hole in the game player's experience Mm -hmm. um that it is a character that you like genuinely do level up that you like forge a romantic relationship with um i'm not actually going to campaign to move her uh because i think at coming in at number four and above cloud is good and respectable um but uh i do think it's a little weird to put sid above her though okay all right all right let's let's talk about this like i can see sid above cloud hands down Sure. Because you're just like, which one is more likable? Sid. Okay, great. We're done. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's more likable and is a bigger jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow at the same time. <laughs> but Eris is, like you were saying, like such an important part of the game uh-huh. that if like if you took Sid out, you know, the game would function. Yeah, totally. But if you took Eris out, like kind of the heart of the game yeah she's one of like the she's like one of the fundamental cogs of the game Mm -hmm. uh, along with tifa and cloud and you do feel that loss yeah like even if you even when you know like famously that she dies yeah like um that 
you you still feel it. Yeah, well, because it's it's also like hot on the heels of you collecting all these other characters. And I say all these other. There aren't that many playable characters in this game, um, and rarely, uh, like they're always in different like clumps. Yeah. Um. But like, you know, there there is something uh like. I don't know that's just very exciting about like getting a new character and like feeling like you have, you know, amassed more allies in the world and then to actually lose one. Um, you lost that character, whatever materia she was equipped with when she ran away, uh, it's gone. Uh, whatever items, whatever, you know, that that's it. Um, the game makes you lose her, uh, which is, um, it's tough. Uh, and, feels uh meaningful in a way that a lot of the other character interactions don't yeah i think i think we need to move sid okay i think we need to move Aerith up because yeah it just feels silly to have Aerith or to have sid, sid like, above above her mm-hmm. just based on like likability factor is essentially what it would come down to yeah so this still means that we've got tifa at number two <laughs> which feels odd to me but I think it's right because I think Tifa is more important than Aerith. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. Um, well, the loss is felt like at the end, you got to go to war with the army you have and not the army you wish you had. Right. Right. Um, all right. This is going to be our final, uh, our final order. I, I believe. I, 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 I think so. I feel pretty good about it. Okay. Kate Sith at the bottom. Uh, so how many characters are here? Ten. Ten. Uh, number ten, Kate Sith. Number nine, Barrett. Number eight, Vincent. Number seven, Yuffie. Number six, Red Thirteen. Number five, Cloud. Number four, Sid. Number three, Eris. Number two, Tifa. And number one, because how could he not? Sephiroth coming in at number one. How did we do, Mark? How do you think we did? I, I give us a 10 out of 10. I give us one 10 out of 10. Um, that's 110 out of 10. <laughs> uh, if uh, you have a different list, uh, listeners, you should write in. Let us know. Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Gmail. Or if possibly we just uh, misrepresented one of these characters or are missing a crucial, crucial piece of information about how one character is useful or not useful. And a- anything that happened after Final Fantasy VII doesn't count. I don't oh, want to yeah. hear about Advent Children. No, and I, I don't want to hear about uh, you know Crisis Core or uh, anything anything like that, or like how one of them is represented in Theatrhythm. I'm not interested. <laughs> All right, Mark, let's close this out. That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it when you do that. Um, You can also share our episodes on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share things. On Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. Uh, You can check out the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8-Bit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening.